So give us like, I, I want to hear, um, as you kind of realize that, what was a way that you started putting that into practice? Because for some people, they're going to be like, this is either hokey pokey and right. I don't really care. Right. Or there's going to be people who I don't even know remotely how to start doing that. Right. They're going to be pulling out their right. dictionaries. <laughs> right. No, no. You know, so yeah, yeah. tell us kind of how you started practically walking that out in your life. Well, I started, I started recognizing, I, I, I started recognizing and learning that I really do need to give, I need, I need to give language yeah. to what's happening That's because without language, uh, it, you, you, you lock up. I mean, yeah. can you imagine someone handing you a scalpel and saying, you're going to do this brain surgery on this individual, mm. your whole body would freeze. Like, right. You have no idea what you're doing. Can we even Google this? I'm not right. even sure. <laughs> can I YouTube that? I know. I don't even, maybe so, I don't know. <laughs> Um, and, and it's no different when we're dealing with uh, this layer of, of emotional intelligence. Yeah. We all have the opportunity mm. to learn. So um, I really feel like that the Holy Spirit was leading me through all that because I kept coming back to the floor. Mm. And um, on my side of the bed, I had a, a blanket that I would pull myself underneath as I would curl up on my side of the bed and um, on the floor. And I would literally just lean in and go, Lord, I need... Yeah. I need help. I can't, yeah. I need to navigate through this. And there aren't books that are giving language to what's yeah. happening to me, which is why I wrote the book that I needed when I was on the floor mm. in pain. Yeah, it's so good too. Yeah. It, I mean, like yeah. I would, that's the book I would have given myself. Yeah. And that's why I wrote that book because yeah. it was, I simplified it and I made it so yeah. clear. Yeah. And, and, and the Lord showed me how to navigate asking the that's right good. questions because see what you're asking me yeah. to, to explain is, the process of, you know, here we are living in a world where our thoughts are thinking for us. Yeah. But how do we slow down our thoughts and think them instead That's of good. the thoughts thinking for That's us? That's really good, Dina. And there's this place in this dynamic of understanding um, and giving ourselves grace as we, we operate through this process of, you know, there's two things that I'd, I'd like to for you to remember is the, the explicit and implicit. Mm. And explicit is when you learn a certain behavior and it gets ingrained into you heart you to who you are until it becomes implicit and then you just keep responding a certain way. Mm. So right now if you can think of a place in your marriage or in a relationship at, at work or with family where you keep getting triggered, mm. if you can stop and pay attention for just a moment, how old do you look in that moment? Yeah. That's a state of regression. Do you look twelve? Do you look five? Yeah. And if you can look back at that moment, you're playing out an implicit response in the present moment now mm. that came from an explicit so moment of learning when you were 12. So you were, you're basically doing the best that you know how today. Yeah. So from the place of today, it's going to require rewiring something Yeah. because typically what happens when, and this is what I've come to learn. And I mean, you talk about when you're in pain, Yeah. you will do massive research to the point where you should get a PhD. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever pain you walk through. Yeah. Because I can have this conversation yeah. with the best of professors that teach yeah. it. I yep, get it because should, it yeah. was my pain. That's right. Yeah. And so when you under when I started learning that and, and, and giving language to pain was valuable because when I started to learn about the amygdala, these two almond sized places right mm. behind the ears, and that they are like the warehouses of all of our good and bad memories. Mm. Everything are right there in those amygdalas. 
And that when a moment happens in your present day life and you get triggered, it's tapping a memory yeah. inside that amygdala and it shoots it up through the hypothalamus mm. and throws it past the frontal cortex, which is where you've memorized scripture and yeah. listened to a message and <laughs> a couple podcasts and yeah. maybe this one and yeah. read a couple books. That's the frontal cortex, which is the regulator part of your brain that helps determine the right or wrong way to respond yeah. to something. But when you get triggered, mm. it's like it comes out of that amygdala and shoots like a rocket past your frontal yeah. cortex and shows up into your immediate now and yeah. you're responding out of fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. Understanding the psychology and the science of that is actually really beneficial yeah, because it, it helps you get language to yeah. what it is that's happening to you because yeah. you're not crazy. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing that happens is shame comes in because we feel crazy totally. when we're in those moments totally. and I love something that you said like you're 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 standing there like I just picture I can literally picture like moments in my life of you know I'm completely freaking out inside my mind is spinning mm-hmm. right everything's oh. spinning and I'm I'm allowing myself to be in exactly what you just described yeah. And there is a sense of not having control, but, so but the right and wrong part, mm-hmm. what was that called? The frontal the, cortex. The frontal cortex. Yep. What you mm-hmm. said. Yeah. Um, what happens is like, I go there to, to try to solve it and fix it. That's not the solution. Right. No. And, and that, I feel like that's often what happens. And then to be frank, I just keep spinning out because it's not going to help. It's not no. going to help at all. Okay, so you just you just tapped as something inside of me that wants to speak to this because you you spoke to something that's really valuable because what the frontal cortex is is it's ba- basically a behavior modification uh, mm. part of the brain. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, it's true. It is true because you can learn. I mean, you can listen to some phenomenal. Uh, a material you can yeah. read, you can, you can grow memorize and scripture, yeah. and then about twelve o'clock that day, you are looking like a maniac, like an <laughs> exactly. orangutan that will be let out of the exactly, zoo. exactly. Um, because, uh, or you can you can have a moment where you're triggered, and somehow all of those materials they work for you. Yeah, they work, and then yeah. they work, and then they work, and all of a sudden something the right trigger hits you, and then and they're it, like gone. They don't work. Exactly. And um, I think that there's just this uh, this space of you know, the, the frontal cortex is, is a good thing. Obviously, God gave it to us for a reason. And it's one yeah. of the largest places in the brain. So thank you, Lord, for our yeah. frontal cortex. Yes. But um, yes. we truly do have to take these moments and self-soothe and reparent mm-hmm. that, that, that child in us that never learned how to operate and move mm-hmm. their, themselves through a problem. Because here's yeah. the thing, is that what causes me to be triggered will not cause Bonnie to be triggered. Yeah, Bonnie Ruth, you exactly. will be triggered by something yeah. and then I'll be like, yeah, wow, she got triggered on that. Yeah. Okay, well, it's totally fine. I'm not going to judge her on that because a trigger yeah. is a trigger. That's right. And so emotions are like that too. Emotions yeah. are neither right or wrong. Yeah. They just are. You That's don't right. want them to make decisions based off of. Yes. That's so good because let's go back to our stories, okay. right? Um, your story, you made a decision in that moment exactly the way you just described based off of emotion right and hey no judgment there because guess what you didn't know any differently but also i think what happens is you fast forward even in in your marriage with mitt and like that season in time where you were talking about um you guys were what i think you said like a year year and a half married 
like there's a lot of emotions that are flying there and you guys are basing decisions on an, on things that you've never you've never been married to each other right you have no idea what you're doing right. um and so a majority of learning in the first year of marriage is a whole lot of emotion i'm sorry <laughs> did you say the first year try right to- try like Try t- Almost eight, 19 years we're heading into. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, 86% of marriages mm. fail mm. because of an emotion, and, and they get divorced because of an emotional decision. That shows wow. you yes. the state of our society today. Yes. They do not know how yeah. to manage uh, yeah. um, something yeah. and, and not make decisions out of an emotional state yeah, of mind. Good. And that emotional state of mind has occurred because there's a continual lack of of language for their emotions. Absolutely. And I, I think it's incredible how um, we as people, we tend to navigate, to be frank, like often that we know it all. Like, oh, we know what we, we know what we're feeling. When really, if we were to step back. No. Yeah, we don't know. No. We, first no. of all, we don't know because most people aren't teaching themselves or engaging in tools no. like what you're talking about. No. And I, I do hope, I hope everyone goes out and orders your book. They can get it on yep. Amazon, correct? Yep, they sure can. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more of that, and I'll have that posted as well. But I, I hope they run and get it, because yeah. the thing about this book that is incredible and has been life-changing for Jace and I is it's teaching us to understand ourselves, mm-hmm. understand each other, understand where we've been, mm-hmm. understand where we want to go, and all of that engaging in tools that actually help you take each one of those areas yeah. and dissect them in a way that's empowering. Like there's such an empowerment right. to that. What right. are you going to say? Well, it's interesting because don't you think it takes all these complex issues and simplifies yeah. it? Yes. Right? yes. It doesn't it's feel simplified. daunting. Yes. Because the work, emotional work, is it, it can feel daunting as yeah. it is. It that's does. true. But um, I, I feel like there's one thing that you asked me and I'm realizing I didn't answer your question. So yeah, I want to answer that it. and just be like poignant because if someone's like, okay, can, I got triggered. And so what do I do with that trigger that happened yeah. to me? And I just want to say a trigger is anytime you think you're, you have control of your emotions, but instead your emotions take control yep. of you. Yep. So when you all know that moment, but yeah. when you get triggered, there's a place of, of recognizing the trigger. I got triggered when I asked for five cookies and the person behind the counter said, no, you can only have one. Yeah. That was someone's story, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And in that moment, uh, you know that you're triggered because you've been told no. Yeah. And so what, what are the emotions that you feel? Well, one of the things that Bonnie Ruth, I'm going to give her to have on her site that it's for all the listeners you can have access to that's free to you mm. will be the whole emotions chart. And it's good oh, to stop. It's amazing. It is. It's amazing. Oh that took me, that, that <laughs> emotions chart took me like five years to, yeah. um, to bring together. But it's, it's stopping and going through all the emotions and identifying <clears throat> what it is that you feel. And by identifying what you feel, you're actually giving voice to, like I said a while ago, of everything that is going on inside that trigger. Mm. And it doesn't make it right, wrong, or indifferent. It just is what it is. And you have to be okay with the chaos that's inside. That's the same thing that when you give that a safe place for you, you'll give it to your children. So often we tell our children, stop feeling that way. You're wearing your emotions on your your sleeve. Or you're you're a big boy. Grow up. And all these things. Stop crying. Stop crying. That is actually the wrong response our yeah. children come children come to an adult and god put it in their structure that when a child comes to an adult and the adult helps them process their emotions it helps everything dump instead of fragmenting them so there's a beautiful thing that happens in parenting yeah, but good. once you move past those emotions 
I'm going to give you uh, just the first four steps and the rest can be in the book. But there's, there's two things to ask yourself once you come back the emo- past the emotions. And that is, and I say it two different ways. It's like an A and B structure of this question is, what do I fear? Mm. What do I fear when the lady said no to me? Yeah. Or what do I fear this says about me? That yeah. seems like those two questions are so elementary, but they need to be. And yeah, that's the way the Lord laid them out. Yeah. Because the Lord was showing through these simple questions of slowing down the brain and thinking mm. through your thoughts, what exactly did I fear in that moment when my husband said that to me? Yeah. Or what did I think? Or what did I fear it said about me? Yeah, you that's know, good. Pulling those out into the surface and writing these short little sentences to what's going on inside yeah. of you actually brings things up out into the open for your viewing. Mm. It's intel. Anytime you get offended, it's actually... There's treasure in that offense. Yes. There's intel in that offense. And this is the processing of that. Yeah. And then the last step that I'll, I'll say, and the rest is in the book, is step four is, what's the lie? Because this is getting down to the root issue. Yeah. And the lie is identified really quickly. If you'll go back and look at the answers from, you know, what do I fear this says about me and what do I fear? Yeah. Um, it actually flushes out what the lie is. And once you can see that on paper, you're realizing this is what's driving my behavior. And so um, th- this, is, this is a process that now um, Bonnie Ruth and I, you know, in our lives, we've learned this process. So yeah. it becomes an implicit response now because we yeah. took the, the time to learn it explicitly. Yeah, yeah. It takes time. I think, I think the incredible thing about what you're describing is just very practical steps for something that feels extremely overwhelming. Totally. And when we're dealing with emotions <laughs> or situations or something that's triggered us, um, there, there is no, unless you have tools, like you literally don't know what else to do. And I think what's powerful about the book, and I'm so pumped. Thank you so much for giving the listeners access to, um, the emotions chart, because that's where Jason and I started, like just Mm -hmm. simply with that, as we learned, like how to navigate being triggered, what was I fearing, all of those things. And so a funny story is, it's not really funny, but we would ask each other like intense moments or if we felt like the other person was like going through something and we're like, yeah, we don't even know how to navigate that because you don't even know how to navigate that. Um, and so we started asking each other. First thing we started asking was, how's your heart? Mm-hmm. And we knew in that moment, like, oh, they're seeing something that I'm probably not seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a good moment, whether it's a spiral Same. moment, whether it's a sad moment, whatever it might be. And then the second thing we would ask is, like, give me three emotions. Mm-hmm. And we started with three because, I mean, if you can't, if you can't even you name kidding, them, awesome. like, three was like a stretch, let me tell you. Um, yeah. And so we would use your emotions chart. And we actually snapshotted it. We kept it on our yep. phone. We had it in our bedroom. We, ha- I mean, we had the thing everywhere, Dina. Thing. <laughs> like, your, your emotions chart has been everywhere in our house. Um, but we actually keep it on our phone because sometimes we're not always accessible to a printed version or to our, on our laptops, but we would make each other give three. And, and if the person said like, Hey, I need a few minutes. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what language needs to be given right now. And so we, um, we would come back and we would share those things. And there was a time, this was probably about a year and a half into just learning this and, Mm -hmm. and walking this out. And, um, it was the anniversary of Jason's dad's passing. Mm. 
And this was always a very hard time for me because I never knew what to do or say, Mm. honestly. And I always thought I knew exactly what he was feeling. Because see, here's what also happens in this. We assume that we know what someone else is feeling or what their emotions are. Mm -hmm. We assume that we know what their actions are actually saying. Yeah, guilty. Yeah. And we put a name on it. And so for for this, I was like, oh, I've, I've got it figured out. Like, I know what he deals with. I know how he deals with it. But then I also didn't really know what to do. And so this year I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this differently. So we got up in the morning and um, we always, like, share a little story about his dad. And I said, hey, babe. I was like, at the end of the day, like, let's just talk about, like, come with, like, we were up to five. We were up to five words at that point. Come oh. with five words. And he was like, okay, yeah, I think that's good. I'm like, because you know what? I don't really know what to say. Because right now, I don't think you fully know, like, what you're dealing with. Like, what is the language that needs to be attached to what you're walking through? And I don't want to define it for you. So it comes the end of the day, and I was like, hey, babe, like, what's your, what's your five emotions? And I'm not joking you. I literally would not have picked one of them off that chart for him. Going through the whole day, I thought, oh, he's going to think this. He'll, he'll say this. He'll say that. Because by this time, I've kind of got a little bit under my belt, and I know quite a few of the emotions, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he named five, and I would have never picked any of them. Hmm. But what was really powerful is one of them was happy. Hmm. And I was like, what? He's like, I'm so happy that I got last moments with my dad hmm. in that I know that my dad's in heaven. Hmm. He's like, I can never, ever have that taken from me. And he's like, that makes me so happy on this day. And I thought, I would have never picked off happy. And some people might have judged him, you know, if it was, if he was just talking, like, right? But because we allowed each other to have our own language and our own voice and what we were walking through, Mm -hmm. there was an incredible power in that moment. But Mm -hmm. there was also such a bond that happened with us. And I just learned and. At that time, I knew I have got to back off a little and thinking that I know so much about Jace. Yeah. Because the reality is, I don't even know myself. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So how can I assume upon Jason what I think he's feeling sometimes? Absolutely. And in this whole um, infertility journey and with marriage, like especially, I think so many times we are assuming upon the other person. And in that assumption, it comes back to the isolation thing. It completely isolates us because we assume and we think we know what the other person is feeling or what they're going through. And if we would just take a moment and say, hey, hey, babe, that's what we call each other. Hey, babe. Like, yeah, you guys do do. Hey, babe. Like, tell me, like pick three of these emotions. And here's the thing. It's an awkward learning curve. Can I just be honest? Like, I think people need to understand that today, Nina, like, when Jason and I first started this, like Jason was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know that this is gonna." You know, Jason. He was like, uh, that's "Yeah." That's one of Dina's mind castles. I don't. Yes, know. I don't know. I don't know if I can go there with Dina. Um, but what we just started out slow, and we gave each other space, Beautiful. and it was awkward. And sometimes we'd literally have to look at the list and be like, "We don't look at the list hardly anymore." But yeah. we looked at the list, and we would be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like you could see in each one of us the moment where we're like. Oh uh-huh. my gosh, uh-huh. I would have never thought that, but that's exactly what I feel. That's exactly the emotion, I should say. Okay, don't you think it's bizarre that like words really matter? They so matter. Their verbiage matters. I say that I have every story matters as my uh, as a tattoo. Mm-hmm. 
I swear I'm getting verbiage matters <laughs> because I I feel like it's it's so key. It it's it's a look into the window of someone. Yeah. You know, it's a look into the window of yourself. It, it's a description, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You got anything else on that? I, well, I see uh, you I've, 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 you just, I have like several things are like yes, go, go, my, go, go, my go. mind on fire. Uh, one, um, I'll say the language thing in just a second, because I think that's really a good moment to say that. But, um, you know, what's interesting is that that beauty of y'all figuring out what works for y'all. Yes. And it not having to look like everybody else, everybody gets to determine the system. Yeah. This is, the, these are tools. Yeah. You know, and you took, a, you took pieces of the tools yeah. that actually propelled you forward exponentially yeah. Yeah. than you were the year before, six yeah. months before and whatnot. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I have found is so profoundly healthy in a marriage when you've been trying to figure out what your mate needs, yeah. you know, because I'm a recovering pleaser, right? And so, yeah, me too, girl. I don't know if I'm recovered or not, but well, I, we need to start a group, <laughs> the recovering piece. Yes, exactly. Um, but what I would do is I would try to figure out what Mitt needed and what Mitt felt and what he yeah. thought, right? Yeah. Like you said, you didn't even know you in order to yeah. speak into that. And even yeah. today, it doesn't do me any good no. to try to figure it out for yeah. him because I'm only moving to a place of insecurity that wants yeah. everything to fix everything so that I can breathe. Yeah, right? exactly. Because if you're okay, I'm okay, we're yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. I can breathe. So that's really me trying to micromanage yeah. his pain. Yeah. So I have to But not paying world. attention to your own. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I, a, I totally know that world right uh-huh. there. <laughs> totally. Well, what I was gonna say um, into that is that what I'm seeing mm. Is there such a value to be able to ask someone when they're in their pain, what do you need? Yeah. Yeah. Because something about that particular question That's will expose so that individual to have to be responsible for themselves. Yeah. And believe me, try it. Yeah. Uh, and I remember when some things were going on and we were losing my dad and mm. I have learned that it is not healthy for me to be in a state of always being responsible for. I'm responsible yeah. to people, but not for people. Yes, that's exactly right. And so I was going through this season of trying to understand that. I mean, really trying to ground that in, yeah. that level of, of, of learning into me. And all this stuff was going on with my mom. Well, my old me would always figure it out because that's where I learned mm-hmm. that behavior, that explicit yeah. behavior was in yeah. my youth and my implicit relearning yeah. was overplaying in the present. Yeah. So I asked my mom, Mom, what do you need? And she actually, and I, you know, I give her space because my, you know, she was losing her husband and and whatnot. But when I asked her that, she went off on me and got really upset. What do you, what do you mean? I I don't know what I need. Dina, you figure out what I need. Well, that's the normal that you're used to with me, mom. And I know that grief is kicking open a door that you want me to slide back into. But I had to slowly navigate and train her that this wasn't going to work in our dynamics. And now today, it's actually, and that was slow up front, but had value in the end. Because now today, I can say, what do you need? And she'll say, give me a second, I'll call you right back. Yeah, that's good. But the same thing happens in our marriage. Because in that moment, you have to be, when men ask me that, I have to be responsible for me. Yeah. What's incredible about what you're describing right now is I think if couples could embrace this and to be frank, even me, like I've heard you say that a million times, but what it's, what it's saying to me right now is ooh, lots of conviction at the moment, but also just tapping into a place that I need to open again. I need mm-hmm. to go there. I need mm-hmm. to be in that space. Um, 
And that is, there's so often that what happens with couples walking through infertility, who's dealt with miscarriages, mm-hmm. all the things, um, they don't ask each other that. And, and it's here, almost like, I need you to figure it out. Yes. I need you to figure it out. Or I need you to figure out you cause I can't mm-hmm. handle you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so say, um, really quick, say the question one more time. What do you need? What do you need? And I think that the reality is it's also okay to say, I don't know what I need. Absolutely. And what happens is we don't ask it mm-hmm. because one, we're afraid we can't actually do what they might need. Right. But then the person doesn't answer it and it triggers frustration or insecurity or right. fear or all the things. And then we get mad or maybe we react like your mom. That's a that's actually a very real reaction Absolutely. to that question right. in multiple scenarios. Right. Um, and so we do that because we think, oh my gosh, I don't know. Right. So you I know, can't tell them I don't know. Right. Do you know why you can't, I mean, like not you, but why yeah. we can't answer that question when someone asks us, if that moment happens, mm. I don't know is a fair response at that yeah. moment, but it's an understanding that I don't know because why, why don't I know? And I, and, and Mitt and I always say, if you don't know what you feel, then you don't know what you need. Yes. Which comes all the way back to exactly the emotions. Yes. And identifying what yes. you feel, because if you realize I feel I feel misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I feel devalued. I feel yeah. voiceless. Oh, yeah. well, this is tapping into my core lie right now. Okay, I think I need space because I yeah. don't believe that you don't care about me, or that yeah. I don't. I don't believe that you don't want to give me a voice. I believe that you do, but for whatever reason, that is tapping it. Yeah, I just need some space. Can you give yeah. me five minutes? Yeah. Or I need you to realize that when you say that, this is how it makes me feel. I want to be responsible for me, but. That may yeah. not be how you intend that to come across, but this is how it's making me feel. Yeah. I think I need you to see that. That's good. Do you know what I mean? Needs, yeah. like you said, yeah. can be many different things, yeah. but you yeah. won't know what you need until you know what you feel. That's good. And I think, you know, bringing that to this, you know, barren, not broken aspect, <laughs> like oftentimes, and I can only speak for myself, but I, if it's true for me, I'm sure it's true for others, is... I am sitting there and the idea of let let's let's break it down real raw. Let's say we're in a moment and my my health issues when certain things happen with my health mm-hmm. it triggers me. Yeah. Immediately it triggers me. Yeah. If I haven't taken time or if I'm too afraid mm-hmm. to take time to know my own emotions. Yeah then I can quickly mm-hmm. respond to Jason in a way in which it makes it about him. It makes it about him. Mm-hmm. And that's a real moment. And yeah. I think when you're dealing with deep things like abortion, infertility, marriage yeah. issues, finance issues, these are all heavy things. Yeah. Parenting issues. Yeah. These are heavy life things mm-hmm. that are very, very real. Mm-hmm. And if we do not allow ourselves to take the space and time that we need, which maybe is five minutes and maybe it's two hours. It's honestly different. It depends on the scenario for me. And I think, wow, if we would just do it afraid, you know, and and I'm sitting here thinking about, Mm -hmm. you know, the times that I've had to do it afraid. Right. Because I'm scared. I don't want to know how how I feel. I don't want to give language to my emotions. Because the reality is then I have to face mm-hmm. that pain. You know, I, I love, 
I, I love the honesty and I love the transparency in that, but I also have seen you do the work. Mm. And I think that there's something about what we resist persists. Yeah, that's good. And, and, and I think you, you, I mean, like as much as you've gone through those seasons of not wanting to face something, I've yeah. also seen you go, it's yeah. going to continue to happen yeah. if I don't do it, yeah, you know, and sure. I need to face this, yeah. and, um, which is what's been so, you know, heroic in many, in many places in your walk mm. that I've seen uh, play out is you, you, I see you do face those things yeah. um, because you're trying to break stories, break yeah. patterns, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like we were talking about this earlier and thank you for that. Um, I think I can do that because of the people in my life. Totally. Um, without people and community, like I feel like I would never be able to rise up and, and be brave in those ways. Um, totally. However, I, we were discussing this earlier about, uh, and I say this lightly because I want people to understand like, you know, we've had the moments on the bathroom floor freaking out because... I'm miscarrying or we think I am or we don't know what's happening or we've had the moments where we can't be intimate because I'm I'm in pain or we can't be intimate because I'm scared and I don't know what's going to happen and I don't want to hope for something right there's all the things and all the realness we've had fights because our intimacy is challenged with what I walk through Mm -hmm. physically our intimacy is challenged because my femininity is challenged right Um, but to give a voice um, and language to how I feel, yeah. it immediately changes the dynamics. And we were talking earlier, and I said to you, I think one of the beautiful things about mine and Jason's journey mm-hmm. is that we haven't allowed our barrenness to break us. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you're sitting here today mm-hmm. is because I didn't allow the barren places in my life to break me to the point where I couldn't be friends with you. I know. And I love it because... I would have missed out on so much, so much. And if we allow our lives to be tainted by the barren places, we are going to miss out. And yes, there's so much we're missing out when we're walking through this infertility or maybe it's marriage things or finance things. There's barren, no matter what the barren place is, the reality is we're longing and we're hurting and we're in pain. But we cannot let it break us because the thing that will happen is it takes more life, yeah, you know? Totally and is. and I, I think for Jason and I, we've just been determined that the lifelessness that we've experienced, we know no more than that. Like we're yeah. not letting any more life be stolen from us. Yeah. And so our friendship with your family is one of the beautiful things that have come from us not staying broken. Yeah. Um, because I'll never forget, we were sitting at Christina's. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Um, we were sitting at Christina's and restaurant in South Lake and we were enjoying dinner and drinks and just having so much fun. We we closed the place down. Um, but Mitt said, Hey guys, I want to, I want to ask you guys something. Mm -hmm. And I love Mitt. He's so awesome. Um, he said, we want to invite you into our family. Mm -hmm. And he, he used the phrase, like, it takes a village, right, to raise a family. Right. And he's like, we want you to be a part of it. Yeah. And I'll never forget that moment because Jason and I looked at each other. We still tell this story and get cho- both of us get choked up um, because we thought, what? Like, we don't even have kids. Like, 
how how could we contribute to to your family um and you guys were just so genuine in stating what that meant and i'll let you share the why behind that um but for us it was a moment of such healing because you allowed us to show up and to be seen in ways that most people would never see us because we didn't have that and you guys saw who we are mm-hmm. and you saw us based on not what we lacked mm-hmm. and what we didn't have in our lives. Mm-hmm. And for us, that was such a defining moment because we've worked so hard mm-hmm. for our infertility to not define us, right. Right. but to be something that we walk through and right. something that we have the ability to learn from. Right. And so I, I want you to share a little bit kind of just where that came from like I know that but I want everyone else to understand because they're probably thinking what like I mean this was just what like three or four years ago yeah yeah it was right before y'all made the move um out north yeah it was yeah Uh, it was probably about a year before that maybe not quite yeah yeah. it was somewhere in that transition that you went through yeah um and and that was um that was these tender places and valleys and heights and valleys and heights of watching all the things that were going to play out in your life for the next couple of years. Yeah. But, um, I saw, you know, uh, there's not very many people that you allow into that tender of a space in your your tribe that you will actually entrust your children to, Yeah. you know, and Mitt and I had many conversations about how y'all spoke into both Sabrina and Mackenzie. Yeah. And I trusted y'all on an individual friendship yeah. level, but the way you poured into them and the places that you were, were willing to go and they listened and they mm. cared and they wanted to be with y'all and they enjoyed that, that, that dynamic with y'all, y'all were filling a space mm. um, that was both beneficial to our family yeah. and, and, you know, just a fun yeah. blessing for y'all. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, exactly. Y'all, y'all. You know, yeah. it was just a really neat season. Yeah. But I watched some things unfold before that night where Mitt says that to y'all. Mm. And for me, for him to say it, it, it was it was a sweet moment because yeah, I was. know that Mitt and Jason have yeah. a, a really, they have a really sweet relationship. Yeah. I think Mitt can be completely vulnerable and transparent yeah. with Jason. Yeah. Which is another aspect of bringing someone yeah. in. Can yeah. they be real? Yeah. Can they be transparent? Yeah. Can they be authentic? Yeah. Can they see past your pain? Yeah. Can yeah. they see past your poor choices? Yeah. Can they see past your um uh, any anywhere from your language barrier that you yeah. can't yet say, yeah. right? Um yeah. to the places that you're bombing, can they look past all of it and come in? And uh, and I I would say I'll pass the test. <laughs> well, it was amazing because um, I think what you guys helped us define in that moment is what legacy actually looks like for us. Mm-hmm. Um, because it had nothing to do with a title. We weren't pastors at the time. It had nothing to do yeah. with what we did. It had everything to do with who we were. Yeah, I was going to say, it had everything to do with who you were. Yeah. A title did yeah, not matter. Exactly. And and the honor of being able to walk with the girls yeah. in such um, a very pivotal season in both yeah. of their lives and even now, like there'll be times where I'll text them and I'm like, Hey, I see you. I love you. Hey, I heard this for you in my heart. Like, um, and it's just cool because no matter how life has transitioned, 
um, there's a space in which we get to enter that's so special. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, we're just honored. And I mm-hmm. think like one thing I would say to anyone walking through infertility and dealing with that struggle of what's my legacy? Like, how mm-hmm. am I going to leave a legacy? Mm-hmm. Like, and I just want people to understand legacy might look different for you, but the power in it and the, the foundation and the depth of it, it does not have to be any different. No. Because I can tell you right now, knowing Sabrina and Mackenzie, yeah. those two young women are some yeah. of the most incredible young women anyone will ever meet. They are. They are. And and I can I can say I get to share a piece of it. Oh no. It's amazing. Oh, no. like, I get to share a the, piece of it. And the tapestry <laughs> that's being woven in both their lives. Yeah. You're a very bold thread that is sewn right through the middle of that yeah. tapestry. So yeah. it has life and it speaks and it breathes yeah. and not just for the present moment, that's but right. we're talking into the future. Yeah, that's into good. the generations because it leaves yeah. a place inside their core that says you're valuable and I see Yeah, you. That's good. I think with everything that we've talked about today and coming to a close, what's so beautiful is we can we can navigate multi conversations, um, <laughs> and I hope I hope that the thread that people are hearing and what mm-hmm. we're saying is it's okay to not know. Mm-hmm. It's okay mm-hmm. to feel um, inept in an area of our lives, and this whole emotional IQ of of discovering that and learning that and knowing what that is and coming to understand the practical tools and gaining that in our lives. It only sets you up for success in all the areas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not just the barren areas. Mm-hmm. And so um, also I think the second thing is just hearing that we can have a voice mm-hmm. and give language to our emotions. Yeah. And it can cause our, if we say body, soul, and spirit to be healthy in every way. Congruent. Yes. And line up. And then the third thing is, Never let your barren places determine what your legacy looks like. No. Because the reality is your story, what you shared with us, you could have determined your legacy at that point in time Absolutely. for it to look completely different Absolutely. than it does right now. Absolutely. But look at the heritage and the beauty that you have, not just in your two living children. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. But the legacy of that child mm-hmm. is speaking right now. Yes. And there's beauty in that. I do, I do, uh, I circled these two things because I felt yeah. like I have to say these two yeah. things as we're closing. But one of them is, is that that child, her name is Catherine. Mm, I love because it. Because the Lord showed me that she was a girl That's and awesome. I, I, she has a name. Yeah. And, mm, yeah. And this book is, 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 is born out of her legacy. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, you know, That's in, good. in, in her and the choice of her her death, she had no choice. Yeah. But through her death, yeah, many lives will have a That's shift. That's exactly and right. And yeah. only God can do that. Yeah. And um and I also wanted to say if there's anyone that you know that is struggling and considering abortion and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Um it, and and they don't know who they are. That's yeah. all okay. But if you can lead them there yeah. and to ministry called Embrace yeah. Grace. Yes. I'm Embrace so Grace will, uh, yeah. will come alongside them. Yeah. And when they can't see, Embrace Grace will be yeah. their eyes for that's them. That's good. So I wanted yeah. to say that because I would have wanted that yeah. for Catherine. Yes. Um, but That's good. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to post about that. And Embrace Grace is on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Um, and they're an incredible organization that loves, loves moms and their babies. Yes. Loves walking with women who walked exactly the way you have. Yes. And, and I feel like, 
I love that you just shared that about Catherine. Be yeah. I was I was hoping you were going to share her name, but yeah. I wanted to give you the freedom to do that. Yeah. Um, because the reality is, I, yeah, I get to be a part of her legacy, just like I get to be a part of your girl's legacy. Yeah, she's blessing your marriage. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she sure is. Um, and I hope today that people will realize that you coming and sharing a vulnerable season and time of your life. Um, I hope that they take in, I hope they take in even just one nugget of something that you've shared today, because it takes a lot, it takes a lot to come. And, you know, one thing that I want everyone to, to know about Dina is Dina is an incredibly honest and an incredibly faithful woman. Mm -hmm. And the, the writing in that book, every word that you wrote, comes from such a pure place of your own story and if we really believe that every story matters then we have to be willing to hear and to read or to hear and to engage in people's stories the painful parts the awesome parts the parts that are confusing and so i know that if they will if they'll get your book tell us the name and where they can get it it's called From the Symptoms to the Secret. Yeah. And so you can get it through Amazon. Amazon.com. Awesome. And I love it. Uh, definitely come visit me on dinalmorgan.com. Yes. And look at my resources page because yeah. there might be some things on there that'll yeah. help. So many resources. And I think I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful that you came. I'm grateful that you were vulnerable. And I'm grateful that we got to just chat and like yeah. talk about our stories and, and how they've intertwined and the amazing tools that I've learned from you, but also just the friendship that I have yeah. in you, you know, Very to cool. sit across from another woman and speak life to them. There's right. something powerful about right. that. And I hope today that as we were speaking, I hope there's other women that could hear life. Yes. That could hear yes. um, purpose, that could hear hope. Mm-hmm. And I hope there's couples that hear that there's things and tools that we can do to to experience life in our marriage, especially those who are going through infertility. You do not have to experience death in all areas of your life. No. You can literally come in and know a place of hope yeah. when there's uh, there's places in our lives that have none. Definitely. And so I hope today that there was literal transference through these microphones and that they felt the love yeah. and, and just the heart of what you shared today. Because And it's a lot. And that's why I say like, don't just take this one thing, like dive in, go get the book, do the research, go to the website, um, get the emotion um, chart because it's going to change your life. So thank you, Dina. I appreciate you. Thank you everyone for listening today. I hope you are able to engage and just experience something that you can take away and know that it's going to help you um, not be broken in your barrenness. Mm -hmm.